GameZillaMedia.com. Video game makers believe that their products are starting to attract a whole new market. The voice of the gaming generation. The competition in this industry is so fierce, but we did manage to get a glimpse into the future. Real gaming opinions. The obvious question is, of course, how long will this smashing success last for video games? The last line of major gaming news. The GameZilla Podcast. Look, that comes one of the Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grim, and with me remotely in his brand new top-of-the-line studio, Butterboy. How you doing, buddy? Man, you, you talk about t- top-of-the-line? My-, my, my personal studio is so nice. It's like Tony Stark's lab. Like it's premium in here. I mean, like the lab after it got hit with those missiles and the house collapsed, but still Tony Stark's lab. Yeah. I mean, you got, you got a desk that, that stands up. Okay. My desk doesn't yeah. move. I guess I take that back. My desk is adjustable, but right. I have to manually do yeah. it and that's never going to happen. Yeah. Look at it. it beeps. It charges your phone by just sitting it on the desk. Hey, you're right. It's the future. And you have a 1998 Lenovo laptop on there top of the line dude, dude win, windows 98 it's it they stopped patching it 20 yeah. years ago but still, still works good. and <laughs> trash chair okay i mean like it's win 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 i mean like i can't compete with you man okay i can't i yeah. can't even compete with you nothing's too good for me <laughs> i am quite the pampered princess <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to GameZilla Podcast, episode 363, brought to you by our patrons. Hey, all my homies in the 363. Is that an uh, area code? I don't know. If you look at that area code, <laughs> let me know. Uh, Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. That's where you can go to support this podcast financially. You can start your patronage at just $1 per month. And uh, you'll get access to some cool perks, some early access action, and of course, uh, some special uploads of some audio that you can't get anywhere else. You're not getting that on Spotify. You're not getting it on Apple Podcasts. You're only getting it on either. I'll, I'll give you two places. Some of it is available in our live stage available for patrons in our GameZilla Media Discord channel. And then some of it's uploaded just to Patreon. So if you want some exclusive GameZilla goodies, you gotta be a patron. Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Start your patronage today. Yeah, and like uh, like we said, the um, the access to the stage every Monday night, or Monday night, well, I'm, I'm used to the old show, every Thursday night when we record the show, uh, you can do things like Super Lars is doing right now and throwing up Lenovo laptop gifts in there, just, you know, flexing, flexing that Butterboy uh, energy uh, in the chat, so, and help in, helping influence this podcast. Butterboy energy is a... It's quite a beast to tame, but once you can ride that, it's like it's like having lightning shoot out of your ass every day. <laughs> Butterboy energy. Did we just come up with the new like gamer gamer like goop? <laughs> like there's this thing called gamer goo. Have you heard of gamer goo? Is it that stuff for like cleaning off your keyboard? No, I think it's you eat it. I think it's like it's like energy, oh. but in goo form instead of liquid form. Oh, that, so we're gonna come up with that. with butter boy energy, and it's gonna be our own take on it. You're just gonna it's gonna look like a stick of butter, and you just eat it, and then you're good to go for 14 hours to just grind on that Fortnite grind or whatever game you play. Yeah. So what it could just be is butter, 
with like cocaine just <laughs> blended into like a salted butter. It's cocaine butter. <laughs> patent pinning, patent pinning, guys. Don't you even dare yeah, try yeah, it. Yeah. It's ours, okay? Gamer goo sounds like some idiocracy stuff. Like, I need my gamer goo. Well, you got like, you got, you know, you got G Fuel, you got Sneak, you got uh, Focus, you got Gamer Goo, you got all these different things out, but no one's come out with the stick of butter laced with cocaine or whatever, you know, and maybe, maybe there's like a special version with speed, you know, just different, different, like, you know, uh, cocktail, you know, mixed into the, into the butter stick. I mean, I'm saying we got this, this corner of the market, you know, it's ours. Yeah, and um, I mean, the FDA flies pretty fast and loose with labels, so I, I bet we can get it approved. <laughs> wow. If not here, if not here, China. Well, yeah, avail- available only only in China. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we do have a show for you, and we're not just drug peddlers. So um, anyways... Uh, this week, this week in the news was, uh, you know, last week we had some big news and we focused a lot around just the the Xbox Activision uh, purchase that went down or is going down, I should say. This week we're going to jump around and, and talk about a few topics and I'm going to go ahead and let Butterboy take this first, uh, this first piece of news around Halo Infinite. So take it away, buddy. Yeah, according to GameRants.com, Halo Infinite was the second best-selling game of December, despite the fact that it's on Game Pass. And this just stood out to me as being unusual, and I think it's actually a little bit of a reminder that we can so often be in our lane talking to our community and our type of gamers that we forget that there's people out there that buy Xbox games. Um, Now, unfortunately... Uh, Game Rants didn't actually have sales figures, and I wasn't able to find an actual concrete number on this while I was looking today. Well, it turns, um, but they, they, yeah, it turns out the NPD, which is what the NPD group is, what they keep referencing. Um, yeah. And I did find that list, but that list also doesn't include numbers. It's just, it's just a list. So um, it yeah. shows like a rank, and then the last month rank for the top twenty games, and um it's interesting but but it doesn't show total numbers of of games sold but to be number two is still impressive when we're talking about what's around it and it was number two to call of duty right yeah call of duty vanguard taking number one which i don't think is any shocker for us uh december's usually why why this is focused is december's an interesting month that people really like to pay attention to game sales because you do get a lot of games that have been out for throughout the year that all of a sudden skyrocket, you know, can skyrocket back up because of the holidays and, you know, gift, gift purchasing and things like that. Yeah, so, and so this article points out that we, the current belief is there's about tw- uh, 25 million subscribers to game pass. So, you know, when you think about how many Xbox series and Xbox ones are out there, I mean, it, it's still not a bad number of people that are using the X, the active Xbox platform right now and are subscribed, but it's crazy that all those people, that's 25 million people that have access to Halo, and Halo is still able to sell that many copies to maybe, uh, you know, that that casual gamer that, you know, owns an Xbox and maybe either doesn't know about Game Pass, like, hey, I'm just going to play my sports games, I'm going to play the couple shooters I play every year, and so, of course, I'll, I'll just buy a copy of Halo. And then also there's the, uh, the youth, the youth, right? Like, parents are like, uh, you know, here, I'm going to buy you these games here or there, kids buying games with their allowance. Those are the people that probably aren't on Game Pass, but 
that's still moving a lot of copies if it was even near the amount sold for Call of Duty Vanguard. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely good for Halo. It's the only new title in December to make the list, which I which was uh, interesting to see. Um, if if you pull the list, I'm pulling the list up real quick uh, to get the double ranks here. Um, Call of Duty Vanguard was number one, followed by which you know the previous month it was number one, so it stayed in place. But Halo uh, takes number two, and you know obviously the previous month it was not out, so it's it's the only new mark. Other than that, um, you have Battlefield 2042 drops to fifth. It was in the second place Yikes. slot. So, um, but then, so <laughs> and so when you brought this when you brought this article up, I didn't really like it. But it's funny because Super Lars and I actually had a conversation offline about some things, and I just think that it's like I'm going to throw my angle on this here in just a second. It's just interesting. So, but I want to go through this list real quick. You know, first was Vanguard, second was Infinite, third was Pokemon, Brilliant, Diamond, Shining Pearl, which, you know, you beat out Pokemon, you should be pretty happy. Um, fourth was Madden, fifth, like I said, was Battlefield 2042, uh, sixth, Mario Kart, eight, and then um, seventh, I'm just going to do the top ten, seventh was uh, Marvel's Spider-Man, Miles Morales, we had number eight, it was Mario Party Superstars. Number nine is NBA 2K22. And number 10, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yeah. Be- below there are right some really... Some of those old titles. Yeah, exactly. All, some of those old titles. And when you look at some of them, like Animal Crossing, jumping up to top 10 was down, you know, um, be- below the the top 20 before it, before it moved up, you know? So it's stuff like that that is really... Um, really impressive as far as when you see holiday holiday and and things start to move you can see mario kart 8 which has been out for a long long time you know animal crossing which has been out for quite a while um games like super mario 3d world moving in the top 20 when it was like top 50 so very very interesting but the point that i was going to make about this is like yeah that's great and dandy that you're number two sold in december right and that's just one month that we're talking about but when you see Battlefield 2042 in the top five and it was number two in November and you think about the trash heap that is that game that like to the point where we're in January and they've already said Battlefield 2042 is going free to play because it's that big of a mess. That's how jacked up game sales are is that we... we a lot of times we analyze something's success off of the sales, which is true, but with the way that games are a service now ongoing, uh, games like Halo are unique because their multiplayer is free. And so their services to buy the battle pass and stuff like that, you know, does support their free multiplayer, but you don't have the paywall like you do Vanguard, right? Like Vanguard, there's there you buy the game and then you can buy into stuff that still affects parts of the multiplayer game that you don't get unless you buy the game. Now we're not counting Warzone. Warzone is, is their battle royale and it's free, and you can buy your battle pass for that as well. But but some of the some of the add-on content for Vanguard does affect other aspects of the game which are behind paywall. You know, uh, Battlefield 2042 behind you had to buy the game and then you know there was. Uh, <laughs> 
at one point there was going to be stuff that you could buy. I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen to Battlefield, but you know, it's just an example. So the whole thing that I'm getting at here is player base, right? So you have a game that's top five, sold a bunch of copies, but then you go look at the player base of Battlefield 2042 and it's like a dead game already. So it's like, congratulations, you were top five in December. It's January now and you're dead. It's over. Good run. Hope you enjoyed your 30 days of success. That's pretty it's wild. It's an insane thought. It's an insane thought to think that uh, in this day and age, like we've seen things like Anthem really pop, new IP, that sort of stuff. But I feel like with Battlefield, I feel like this happens every release for Battlefield. That like the game comes out and then it's just slammed as being a total disaster. Like EA, how does this continue to happen? Like, I don't know. It seems like it's been happening since Hardlines, which Hardlines was a dual release on the 360 and the one, right? Like it was both, both those generations. So how has it been like damn near eight years at least? Well, you can go back to behavior. You can go back to Battlefield four actually, because at launch that game was half a game, you know, it was missing half the game. And yeah. and crashed and had all sorts of problems. Hardlines was a complete flop, and then they did have Battlefield One that came out that actually a lot of people liked, and and it was it was a good rebound. But then and so we were like, people started to think, okay, maybe we're on to something, and then it was just right off of a cliff again. And so the the thing with Battlefield is they've done so bad for so long, and and they keep getting opportunities. And by they, I, I'm talking about Dice. Um, interactive or whatever uh the developer and so i think it's finally gotten to the point where enough's enough and ea has just has had it and they basically have said uh, i don't know if you heard this but um the star wars battlefront has been canceled so oh man that's a so I, I mean, yeah. it's a it's a bummer. But it would have been bad. I mean, if you think of the you know dice dice also is handling those games. So the first two have not done well. You know, the second one was one of the broke records on Reddit and everything for one of the most downvoted things of all time because of how, what they were trying to do with that game and and microtransaction and force people in. You know, just just imp- just things that the that the fan base were not ready to accept and were lit- and they literally changed it all last minute just so that they didn't crash and burn and 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 it still affected sales and so. I mean, I've never understood how Dice has been given so many opportunities when they really haven't delivered. Like, yes, they have an impressive engine, like the, like the graphics. You know, every time they would take the stage and show us something new, we'd be like, "Oh wow!" But then the product never lived up to it. And like, how many times are you going to give a, a team a chance that like doesn't really have? Um, a track record of success, you know? It's not BioWare dump taking a giant dump on Anthem because you can go look at BioWare and say, oh, well, yeah, but look at what they've done in the past. We're going to give them an opportunity. This is, a, this is a company that just time and time again delivers mediocre, like just, just half-assed, half-assed thought, you know, thought out, or not thought out, but half-assed finished products. And I, I'm, I'm, for one, am kind of glad that 2042 just, took a shit because I'm really tired of just getting these games. Like I haven't bought a, a, a battle f- um, field game in a long time because I did buy hard lines 
and I did give Battlefield 4 uh, an opportunity. And I'll never forget my experience with Battlefield 4 where I was literally trying to play the campaign and, and then I went and played multiplayer one game. And because I played multiplayer, it corrupted my single player file and I had to start over. And then when I, when I started my file over, like the second mission, it corrupted again and I had to start over and that was it. I was just like, I'm not playing this game anymore. But I'll also never forget seeing Battle, Battlefield 4 at E3 and watching a skyscraper fall and watching like players running inside the side sky skyscraper and jumping out the window, you know, and like grabbing onto a helicopter and just, and me being like, Oh my God, this is like a game changer. Right. And that's always what they would do. They would just show this flashiness that would just make you excited about, you know, how they're revolutionizing gameplay. And then the game would come out and be like, where is that? Like, that's not there. You know, and those so those trailers are always lit. Like yeah. there's people like jumping out of planes and shooting helicopter pilots and watching the <laughs> helicopter crash. Like the trailers for battlefield games and like the early gameplay stuff they show you, you're like, Oh, this looks sweet. And then, yeah, you're right. They can't execute when they bring the game out. It's not fun. Yeah. Yep. So I just, um, I'm, I'm okay with it flopping. I didn't have high hopes for it. I had a lot of people that were like in the beta of 2042, like, oh man, you need to play this game. You need to play this game. And I like hopped into like a, a stream. One of them were, were, you know, were streaming it. And I'm like, looking at this game, I'm like, dude, SOCOM from my PS2 looked better than this game. What, what am I looking at right now? This is pathetic compare, you know, and you got to compare it to its competitors. You just look at Warzone and you instantly go, damn, Battlefield looks awful. You know, and so like, where's you know, where where is these fancy engines that are supposed to make these this game look good? Because this does not look good at all. And I thought, well, maybe the finished product will be different, and it wasn't. It was a nightmare to the point where, like, just recently they launched their like zombie mode that they were gonna launch, and like within hours of launching it, they had to shut it all down because it literally broke the game. And I was like, well, what? What test like how how do you launch something and it breaks your game? Like what testing did you do when you literally launch it and, and like within hours you have to take it all down because it broke your entire game? So and like that's a company I'm just not like just get them out of there. They're done. Like they're done. Acqu you own them, so acquire the technology that you want to acquire and just stop because the the name the brand now when I see that developer attached to a product. I'm I'm not buying it, and that's why I was happy when I saw their Star Wars. You know, the 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 one Star Wars game that that, that Dice gets to make is done. I'm like, good, because I wasn't going to buy it because I'm I'm done being burned by this group. And even if you get lucky and make one good game, your next five are going to suck anyways because that's that's your that's how you that's how you roll. So, anyways, I just thought you know we're we're get, we're diving into it here, but the idea here was uh, Halo grabbing the second place uh sales in december and it's very it's very interesting because it, it because of game pass you know we always talk about how we we believe game pass hurts the sales because so many people just rely on game pass and then they don't buy the game um you know we could also look at something real similar and say for in no in november forza horizon 5 was number four on this list and in december they were uh 16th so it'd be interesting to see what Halo Infinite's numbers do one month later. Is it is it the initial month it's good and then and then they don't they don't continue growing sales because because of Game Pass? Forza Horizon 5 also has a lot of problems with the game right now, so that could also driven down sales. But 
you know, overall, like to see that to see that drop that much. Um, we could we could see Halo Infinite follow a similar suit uh, in in January. Absolutely. But, anyways, it's still interesting, and uh, it's it's still a congratulations uh, moment for Microsoft. Uh, Halo is back, and though Halo's having some cheater issues and some other you know microtransaction problems and and things like that, they're you know at least they're actively communicating it out and trying to f- trying to adjust it for their fan base. Um, you know, so hopefully hopefully it can keep on keep on trucking along here, but w- time will tell. You. Um, with that, I have us moving into another topic that you found for us, which was Microsoft is uh, making its Xbox subscriptions and like add-on content more flexible after um, UK regulators step in. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's a weird thing. Uh, it had to do with auto renewals, right? There, there was apparently a controversy with Microsoft uh, auto renewing things without people having the opportunity to uh, be refunded. And so now uh, legally in the UK, there is an opportunity to receive a prorated uh, refund from services that auto renewed. And it's just kind of weird to me. Like, is this really that big of a problem? Because... I don't know. Whenever I had stuff auto renew, I'm like, okay, like, okay, just gonna gonna keep rolling with it. Like, it's it's not it's not like it's a ton of money. It's not like, hey, you're out five hundred bucks. Like, I don't know, you're out one, you're out between ten and sixty dollars usually, depending on if you, what your renewal period was for. So I just I thought this was like a weird thing to have legislated over in Europe. Like, I don't know. I think it's a good thing overall, right? Like. If I did have services that auto updated when I didn't want them and I have the opportunity to get a portion of my money back, it's good. And I would love to see that sort of stuff available for more people. But I just didn't think it was it's weird the 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 problems that people waste time on in the government, like over in the UK. Like <laughs> like why uh, like not, this... not just over in the UK, but, yeah, but that's what we're talking everywhere. that's what we're talking about right now, at least. Um Yeah, I mean I don't know. I guess I could see like accidental renewals of like, what if you were doing like, like yearly renewals, right? So like Xbox Game Pass, if you're paying like 12 month subscriptions or something like that, that could have some, that could have a bigger price point to it. But, um, you know, I guess I'm used to, first of all, I'm just going to say this, like manage, manage your shit, right? Like as, as a human being that, that, that like subscribes to, you know, X amount of services because everything's a service now. Like, just just manage, like, be better with be better with your stuff. And if it's kid based, and then there's a parent involved, you should be you should be managing it for them. You know, type deal. And but at the same time, I mean, we've all had we've all had something renew that we forgot about or whatever. And you look at it, and most of the time, at least here in the states, I can call that company and be like, hey. I actually didn't want this to renew, and and they reverse it. I have there hasn't been many times where I call someone and say, "Oh, actually, I didn't. You know, I don't want to keep paying. I didn't want to keep paying for this. Can I just can I cancel?" And I guess you know, worst case scenario if it was like a month to month thing. They might be like, "Are oh, yeah, we're gonna cancel you. You're good. You're covered. You know, through this month, and then you're done. You know, type deal." But um, yeah, I don't know. You know, like to me, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but. I guess I guess it was over there. Maybe maybe it wasn't as easy to get a refund over there. I'm not sure. Yeah, it it just it just seemed like a weird thing, you know. Reading about it, I'm like, 
okay, like let's solve problems that aren't that big of a problem. But if this became a policy, I mean, it, it's better for it's pro consumer, and these big companies have plenty of money. So I don't know. I just I kind of fall under the like, oh, this is cool, but also unnecessary. It does say that these improvements won't be limited to the UK, just the UK changes uh, to the inactive subscriptions will initially roll out to UK and then will be available globally soon. So uh, that was that was issued out by Microsoft. So some of these changes they are going to improve. And I think, you know, part of this is interesting, like Microsoft is uh, is clearly able to see the activity of uh, a subscription or a user or, or a device. And so, you know, there is a lot of wording in here that talks about, like, inactive accounts and stuff like that. So, like, oh, this account hasn't logged in all year yet is still subscribed and we're still going to charge you $60 when that time comes because you're subscribed. Like, that is that is very, like, predatory in, in the sense of just, like, trying to just grab money that you probably have no business grabbing. And so I do get that. Um, from that standpoint, I don't, I don't know how big of a problem that is. How many accounts are we talking that like are sitting there dormant, you know, like, Hey, I got rid of my Xbox a year ago. I forgot to cancel my, my subscription and it renews. Like I could see that happening for sure. Or, you know, or I'm just not using it sitting there collecting dust and, and you're still trying to charge me money. You know, if, a, if an account becomes inactive with zero activity after I'd say 90 days, it should fall into a category that Microsoft goes, well, when the, you know, they, their, their auto renewal is turned off now. You know, and, you, and then at which point you send out a notification to, the, to that user that states, hey, you haven't been active in 90 days on your account. We've disabled your auto renewal. If you'd like to re-enable it, all you have to do is click this link. Then you look like then yeah, you look like a good company. Yeah, it'd be very pro consumer to do. And again, it, specifically Microsoft, you got the money. Like you got plenty of money, so, right? Clearly, uh, so it'd be it'd be cool of you to do that. But yeah, so turn I, on your Xbox and play some games. Yeah, I don't like. Um, yeah, I definitely don't like the the feel. Like it's definitely a scummy feel. You know, when it comes the way it is right now, and I'm glad that they've st- you know that. It sucks that like UK had to step up and like fight them over it instead of them just making these change themselves. But um, I think it's a I think it's a move in the right direction. I just it is one of those it is one of those moments where it's like we really had to get the uh, regulatory affair of the UK involved at this because what someone at Microsoft didn't like didn't think that this was kind of shady, you know? Yeah, for sure. It just it just again it's it, it's corporate greed. No matter where you look at it, no matter how much you like a company or whatever, there's just that corporate greed that really shines through at times, and that's what this looks like to me. Yeah, I mean, com- companies be trying to get money. Yep, yep. Well, I mean, you think about, like, this business strategy, and, like, not that I necessarily want to throw people like, throw people under the bus, but there's one company that rings a bell to me that literally, like, some of their employees, like, admitted it is planet fitness if you're not familiar with what planet fitness is it's it's like a super cheap gym membership and they're everywhere at least in the states i don't know if planet fitness is a global or not and so you know the idea the percentage of people that never go to the gym is is uh, is insane yet they pay every month for that gym membership and that and planet fitness like thrive like lives off that they don't like yeah, it's, it's crazy. 
So we, so in not to go on too deep of a tangent. So yes, you can get a, like a 10 or $20 a month membership, which is crazy cheap. Right. And they're like, yeah, you know, cancel whenever you want. You know, it's, it's cool. Yeah. But if you have that membership for less than a year, there's like a 60 or $80 cancellation fee or something. So like, again, that's pretty predatory, right? Like, I, I don't know. I didn't read that when I signed up. That's on me for not reading the document. But like, it is one of those things like, okay, they're just letting, they're just letting the money flow in for people not showing up to their gym. And then when you try to cancel, they're like, yeah, but there's a cancellation fee. You're like, oh, well this blows, you know? So yeah. Uh, again, it's good to see Xbox making strives to not do that to people. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So. All right. Um, say I never signed back up for Planet Fitness after that. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Either did I. Um. Next topic, though, we have is uh, a slight update around some of the stuff we talked about last week, and that is Call of Duty's next three games will hit PlayStation despite Microsoft Activision deal. Uh, Activision plans to release the next, at least the next three Call of Duty games on both Sony and Microsoft devices. Uh, the new report should be a sigh of relief to fans who were worried Microsoft would immediately make new Call of Duty games Xbox exclusive if its blockbuster acquisition of Activision goes through. According to Bloomberg, Activision had already committed to bring the next few Call of Duty titles to PlayStation sometime before Microsoft's acquisition was announced. Last week, uh, Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer said he told Sony that Microsoft wants to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation and that the company intends to honor existing agreements. So it seems like Activision's commitment with Sony will stay in place for the time being. But... um. So and we kind of guessed this, you know, and like we and we knew that Phil Phil came out and said that you know we're going to honor current contracts. It, that's still that still there's no clarification. No one's come out and said after this contract ends, we're going to offer a new contract to Sony. Like no one said that, right? <laughs> so yeah, there's still yeah, a lot yeah. of beating around the bush here when it comes to like what's actually going to happen here. Of course, you're going to honor the contract and not try to like weasel your way out of it. That includes three more games. Um, but what about what? What are the plans after that? Yoink. Yeah. So, and the 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 official deal that we talked, you know, we spent all episode last week on, uh, isn't supposed to be completed until twenty twenty three, like around uh, June ish, is what they're they're projecting right now. So, and that that obviously comes into play if no one's trying to block this purchase as well. So, but uh, yeah. If the acquisition goes through, we still don't know if Microsoft plans to make Call of Duty Series Xbox exclusive long term. Uh, previous previous acquisitions show the company is willing to take different approaches with its franchise. Uh, so you know, we bring up the example of like Bethesda, the Bethesda Starfield being uh, exclusive, where Minecraft still remains on everything. So I I was the side. As much as I like Xbox and and I wouldn't I, I honestly wouldn't mind them just taking Call of Duty and making it exclusive and building building their side of, of everything to stronger. Um I was the one that said I think Call of Duty should be everywhere because it's just gonna make you more money. And then the grand scheme of things, Microsoft isn't in the same race anymore that, that Sony seems to still kind of be in. Microsoft has already ex realized that as long as they own the the IP, 
as long as they control the software where you play it doesn't necessarily matter go buy a 500 dollars playstation 5 and when you buy call of duty microsoft still gets their cut when you buy minecraft microsoft still gets their cut you know and and, and when and when sony builds their whole back end on azure microsoft gets their cut so like you know i don't really think that it's not that war anymore that like I think gamers still try to cling on to with the console war and PlayStation versus Xbox and you know of course you got Nintendo involved too and stuff but like I don't really if any if if there are any companies that still worry about that it's Microsoft's not one of them you know they're they remind me more of Sega Sega like straight up said no more hardware we're going third party and the following years was their most profitable years ever so like you know it's that concept of like realizing that i can put sonic everywhere and i'm gonna make more money and like we we as gamers and fans of sega or whatever may not have been fans of that but you know in the grand scheme of things it, it it's like if if they would have kept going down the road they were going down they were gonna lose and we wouldn't even have sega and someone else would have bought you know the the franchise and either that would have been a horrible thing or potentially a better thing you know you know we'll never know but um it's an interesting move microsoft's kind of doing a hybrid version of it where they're still they're still servicing their fan base with that want uh hardware but in all reality they they're just locking down the software world they're just they're just acquiring top tier everything and they're building an empire I mean, they're already an empire, but they're building this gaming empire that is just, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, it's in, it's just insane. So, yeah, I, w- I want to call Uncle Phil up. Like, hey, Uncle Phil, I got this idea, and here's here's how you, here's how you do your Xbox boys a solid. You sit down with those execs at Sony, like, yeah, okay, you guys want Call of Duty? We'll let we'll let you have Call of Duty. We'll play nice. But you better give us Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, make a go. trade. There make a trade. They they want a big franchise that belongs to Xbox. Well, you know, spread the love on Spider Man. Phil, make it happen. Make the trade. Get us some Spider Man. <laughs> there you go. I mean, they definitely have the ability to try to work out some deals like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, just let go of the full exclusivity on one of yours, and we'll, we'll share one of ours, you know, kind of thing. Phil, make it happen. Yeah, and that's the start of just no exclusives anywhere, you know? Everything's just play it wherever. But, Break it all down. Yeah. I think, um, you know, the other thing you're not going to see is Call of Duty has had such a, you know, best friend relationship with Sony about exclusives and getting, you know, getting certain guns early, getting certain modes early and things like that. Um, you know, all that's gone. It would be my guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That, yeah. That, that's all for game Pass subscribers now. Like we're, we're exactly. getting those guns. For you. Yeah. That, 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 that's ours now. Yeah. That stuff's gone. So, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it's interesting to see. I, we knew, we knew that, that, um, Phil said he would, he would uh, honor what's already there, but now we officially know that that what is there is officially three more Call of Duty games, and then after that, we will see what happens. It'll be interesting. Who knows what twenty twenty five or whatever that would be will look like? That like that's yep. a long ways out. So, yeah, yeah. Gaming, who gaming could be super like the door could be completely open by then. 
Like the conversations we're having now about exclusivity, it could be totally different by then. For all we know, Game Pass and PlayStation Now or whatever could be like those. Those could be available more readily available on other platforms. Like there, who knows? The future's too crazy to predict at this point because we've had a crazy last couple of years. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move into our last topic. Um, it's a big one, man. It's a big one. I found this one and was just like, oh my god. Atari's back, baby. Dude, we thought it we thought it was I've been saying it. We've we, been playing the VCS. Yeah. We've been in it, man. I wish that was true. Grim, we why thought did you buy a VCS. Yeah, you we thought the gonna... v, we thought the VCS was gonna be the, the kicker, but you know, we were wrong. They had bigger plans after the VCS, and that is Atari shits on 50 year legacy. With NFT loot boxes. The gaming brand that just won't die has found a new gimmick to latch on to. They're literally calling them Zombie Atari. That's that's what this article is calling them at this point. Ugh. Founded way back in 1972, Atari celebrates its 50th anniversary this year. That's a big that's a big anniversary. So what do you do? Well, the same thing Konami's doing. Same thing, yeah. Um, the all the, the company doesn't really make games anymore, but it does like to plaster its recognizable logo over everything it can find, from hotels to PCs, and to celebrate the company is still clinging to life. Atari has finally hopped on board the NFT bus, uh, but not to say any kind of NFT. Specifically, Atari is doing loot box NFTs. Dear God. These new abominations are being called GFTs because God only knows why. <laughs> like, like, why? Like, yeah, let's just change them because they're wrapped up like digital gifts and don't reveal their true content until a specified future date. Produced by Metaverse developer Republic Realm in partnership with Atari, each NFT loot box will contain one of 10 images inspired by the gaming company's past. They're on the Ethereum blockchain, which following recent turmoil in the speculative crypto market is currently in a six-month low valuation. So perfect timing, Atari. You always jump in at the right time. <clears throat> G Maybe this is why Ethereum is crashing. GFTs are like Hallmark cards for the next generation, Republic Realm CEO said in a, in a press conference, except rather than being... Wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out, time out. You know what's one of the <laughs> biggest scams in the entire world greeting cards yeah like yep. well people are like hey i bought you a gift and then here's a five dollar card like that i wrote like happy birthday and like cards are a scam and for suckers if i'm giving you a gift just accept the gift and know that i cared enough to give you something if it doesn't have a card in it it's because i'm not an idiot so comparing what you're doing to cards is like saying you're just trying to just grab people by the dick and take extra money from them oh yeah hallmark is terrible but it gets worse so I agree with you on all of that, on your little rant there. But uh, as said in the press release, uh, release, except rather than being small, predictable tokens of appreciation, GFTs are governed by loot tables and predetermined random rates because that's what says happy anniversary or get well soon, like a 0.2% chance at an epic drop. Um, so. The article continues to go on with, where does Republic Realm get off? Well, last year, the developer managed to unload an ugly-ass yacht 
in the sandbox metaverse for $650,000. Not too shabby considering that current Atari CEO Wade Rawson managed to buy a con controlling stake in the company for a mere $10 million. Rawson has been on a media tour in recent months talking about how he's going to reinvent the company with new licensing deals and more recharged versions of old games like Centipede and Asteroids. NFT loot boxes are just one part of his grand, grander design, apparently. How the mighty have fallen. Atari was the company that inf infamously almost destroyed the gaming market with its original uh, profiteering back in the 80s. Happy birthday, Atari. This is, this is just, I just can't even believe that this is uh, what we got here. So here's the one, one thing to break down here. Here's the rarity table. Limited edition Atari GFTs will unwrap at a special date. If you're lucky, you may even get an epic GFT. So a common is like 35% and there's like a GFT ID, Okay. So the ID goes from 10 to 1. 10 being the most common, 1 being the most epic. 10, most common, 35%, 9, 22%, 8, 15%, 7, 10%, 6, 8%. That's the common cutoff. 8% chance. You have to get down to the 5% chance, 3% chance, or 1.1% chance to get a rare. And then the epic is 0.7 or 0.2. Now, guys, let me explain to you NFTs currently. You, you just go to, like, a online, you know, store, and you literally look at NFTs, and you go, I like that design, and you buy it. This is, I'm going to buy this, and then at a, at a, you know, special date, whatever the hell that means, it'll open, and I'll find out what I have because it's a gift. <sighs> It's greasy, man. I, I, <laughs> I don't, yeah. Like Atari, just when I think Atari can't do anything worse than what they just previously did with the, with the VSC, VSC or VCS, 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 whatever. See, I don't even remember the name of it because it's already it's already gone. Um, they come out with like this isn't this isn't even a thing. This isn't like no one wants no one wants this. I don't even know who would want, like, they don't even give us, like, samples of what these possibly could be. So, uh, like, who who wants Atari NFTs? I have a lot of questions about a lot of NFT stuff. Right. Like, a lot of the stuff I see in the marketplace, I go, this is pointless. Like, this, this is the equivalent of buying a paperweight. I understand some uh, NFTs like, okay, I can understand the value and the way that you could parlay ownership of this image or this video or this likeness into being valuable to sell at a future date or, you know, into uh, royalties or rights. Like there's a lot you can do with, with non-fungible tokens. Some bullshit art from Atari, probably not great. <laughs> well, considering like if you get, I don't know, and you know, a um, centipede NFT or GFT or whatever the hell you want to call it. Like it, what does that, what does that, what does that really give you? Nothing. I mean, yeah. their, their games aren't worth anything. Their, their devices aren't <laughs> worth anything. 
they're they they don't really make games, even though they keep talking about how they're going to revolutionize their games and they're going to bring everything back. Yet they still haven't. They they made some new system that was so overpriced and and we didn't even think it was ever going to get manufactured at one point. And then now we're not even talking about it anymore. We're talking about GFTs instead. Like, how dare you come out after a what what I would consider a system launch failure and go try to make just like just garbage money off NFTs. Like right now there's a huge pushback on NFTs. If you go over to, if you go over to Twitter or whatever, and you look, there's a lot of people that are like anti NFT right now because, because they're, they're, they've become so, so scummy. So, uh, infomercials. So just spam. They're the new version of spam. They're everywhere. Oh, is this person an esport player? Yeah, okay, he's probably he's probably selling NFTs somewhere. Like it like that's the joke. It's literally a like it's literally laughable at this point. And then Atari comes along and like, "We're going to do it too." What? It's not cool anymore? Oh, we're going to do it anyways. Like that's what that's Atari. They're always 12 steps behind for the for like since since the Jaguar. Okay? Like I think it was before that. I yeah. Think it was the 5200. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> It was like their their second, like the twenty six hundred. They rode that bitch forever, and they're like fifty two hundred. And then uh, we saw how things went. The NES just killed it, and then they're like ah seventy eight hundred. And we're like, no one wants this. And then the Jaguar was like, oh, this shit's confusing and hard to program for. No one wants this. You also have a huge problem as Atari is that you've been out of the loop for so long. You've been irrelevant for so long that no one cares about you. Like, we're we're considered old in the gaming world, and we, and and we and we're annoyed at Atari, right? Any generation after us, they didn't even have an Atari in their household, unless they're just a retro gamer collector that experienced Atari because of that. They don't have that. Like, I have the personal experience of like being a kid and remembering that my dad had an Atari and I would play games on it. Yeah, we but, were hooked up at grandma's house that was my uncle's. But so, uh, one like, generation old childhood experience of playing Atari. Yeah, one generation after us, and that's gone. You know, you got these kids that are like, oh yeah, I just remember remember my very first system ever. It was so cool. It was called Nintendo sixty four. That's what Dude, I hear. I'm a lot of kids like, GameCube. My first system was the GameCube. Yeah, I hear. That was twenty yeah. years ago. Twenty years ago. Yeah. Of course it was for a lot of kids on the internet. Yeah, and so like for me, Atari failed itself, never was able to regain itself, and now still is sitting here and trying to like live off of the the you know the centipede and the, the those types of you know uh, asteroids and whatever those games and unfortunately the only the only people that are left that even know what you are practically look at you as a like a laughing you're just a joke. And that's super sad. I don't like, I don't necessarily like it. Like I love, I love the retro feel, like feel of Atari. Like when you, when, you know, when you go back and you watch, you know, um, um, Tron Legacy, right? And you, and you, you know, you get that feel of the, just the Atari life when you get into the, into the arcade, you know, or like even like, even as, as, stupid as it is these these some of these hotels that they were showing where atari's like branding the hotels and you just walk in and it seems real retro it feels it feels real tron-esque like that's it's cool 
It just sucks to know that you look at that brand and it's hollow. There's nothing there. There is nothing there. And that's the part that just, for me, I can't even think about supporting you and it, because you're not even Atari. Like, you're not. Like, you've been, the name's been sold, bought, you know, handed back and forth. It, it, like, you're, it, it's, it's just, it's just that, that rehash that someone's trying to make a quick buck off of a name that some people will recognize occasionally. And it's just, it's just pathetic. I hate it. I hate it. I wish Atari was more relevant. I wish, you know, I wish they were still making games. Um, you know, even, yeah, it just, it's so, it's so frustrating. It's, I mean, it, we also think of like other brands that are like disgracing themselves, like, like Konami's primary yeah. Uh, yeah. money maker is like pachinko machines. Yeah. It's stuff like that. Like no one wants to see that. Yeah. No one, like we want to see these brands that we've historically loved and have given us great games and great memories. We want to see these brands do things in the gaming space that is meaningful. Yep. And this isn't, this is a cash grab. This is trying to take nostalgia and grab it by the ankles and shake coins out of it. Yep. And no one wants that. We just like, we just want, we just want video games. Yeah. I, it's upsetting because you look at Atari and you and you look at and you basically say it's the grandfather of of gaming. You know, like it it yeah. it, it should be this epic, just just history for our, for our industry. And instead, like yeah, sure, there's history there. You go back far enough and you watch, you you get to see their their climb and their you know and their success. But then you inst- you quickly see where they just became, you know, money grabbing just just garbage company to the point where the whole the whole industry almost tanked and so like after that moment atari has never had a positive like image ever you know unless you're like just one of those fanboys is like oh yeah that that logo is cool and it's retro and i and i like it which i mean i do like i see that i see that logo and it 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 is you know it, it means something to me but unfortunately it's like you know it's like that it's it's that brand or that you know that toy or whatever that you really like but like you know all your friends are gonna make fun of you for it so you never actually like bring, pull it out and show them or anything because it's just it's just that bad um that's what atari is to this whole this whole industry and it's sad the, the most successful thing that atari's done in uh the last 40 years like i 40 might be a stretch we'll call it at least 35 years was published Roller Coaster Tycoon. Like that is the <laughs> that is the thing they can hang their hat on for three decades. Everything yeah. else has been pretty close to flop or just embarrassing territory. They 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 published a really successful game over twenty years ago. So they've done nothing in twenty years. Yeah, it's it's just sad. And you know the the VCS or whatever. Like I, though I didn't have a whole lot of faith in it. I was hoping that something would come from it. But now like. I feel like it's just it's already been forgotten by Atari, let alone the industry, the, the you know the consumer level, and and then they come out to celebrate the fifty year legacy with with gifted NFTs, like fifty years, and this is what you come up with. This this is your answer. It's just yeah, it's just so so depressing. It's depressing, is what it is. 
I'm all for the 50 year anniversary. You slash the price of the VCS to 99.99. Yeah, I probably, and then people I, might actually buy it. I, I might, I might buy one just just out of curiosity. But I definitely will not be in, be giving any of this uh, this money uh, towards GFTs. That that's for sure. No, thank you. Not interested. Um, yeah. What a what a waste. What a waste. No doubt. All right, guys. Um, those were the topics we picked for today's show. Let us know what you thought about you know the Halo news, the uh, the um, re- some of the changes coming to Microsoft and their their reversals on subscription services and things like that. We also talked about uh, the official contract being released where there's three more call of duty games guaranteed to go to playstation after that you know what do you think is going to happen and then of course what is your feelings on the uh, zombie atari company uh dropping nfts for their 50-year legacy uh how do you how does that make you feel or do you even know what atari is let us know in the discord hop on over to the gamezilla podcast channel and keep the conversation going there with us but yeah. uh yeah man i don't know that that last topic, like, I found it and I wanted to talk about it, but it's just so, like, I'm so bummed, man. Because, like, I do have those memories with, like, my dad, you know, like, and and, beca- and the Atari and, like, feeling like that was kind of, like, my first taste of a game, you know. And it, though it wasn't, like, I, I contribute to me becoming a gamer off the original Nintendo, but still, like, I feel I got to the original Nintendo because of the Atari, you know. And so... It just it saddens me to see a company, you know, that name just being treated like this. Like I'd rather, you know, I'd rather Microsoft buy Atari and do something with it, you know, like since they're buying everybody up, like buy Atari for, you know, for one Bitcoin and like do something with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, Sony, you want to put up a big fight? It's time to buy Atari. You know, like everybody would laugh at them, but like, I mean, somebody could do like anybody, anybody. You and I could do more with this brand right now than what what this group that currently holds this name is doing. So, I mean, like, anybody could. I mean, damn. It's, it's just pathetic. Anyways, I'm, I'm diving back. I'm falling back into the topic. Thank you for hanging out. This has uh, been episode 363 of the GameZilla podcast. It's three! <laughs> Did you? Uh, and, and of course, we always like to thank at the end of our show, just like we do in the beginning of our show, our patrons. Yeah, thank you so much to all of our supporters who uh, help contribute to the nonsense that I get to spew every single week about video games. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. And uh, I can make a dedicated promise to you right here, right now. Not a single cent of your Patreon donations will be spent on GFTs. I can make sure of that. So thank you so much for all of your support to help keep the GameZilla podcast running and make sure you check out the other uh, cool shows that are available on the GameZilla Media Network, including the Last Action Podcast and Noobs and Dragons. They have some cool stuff on Patreon as well. So go ahead and give that a listen. Yep. Thank you, patrons. And I just want to, thanks to our patrons, I want to announce that starting tomorrow, we're going to have ZFTs. That's right. Zilla. Zilla tokens. They're coming. And we're going to, we're going to make, uh, you know, 72,000 different Zillas. And you're going to be able to buy each one, but in a package that they'll open up when we decide. And, you know, uh, you don't own anything, but enjoy the artwork that you could have just copied off of uh, Google Images. The rarest one is going to be a robotic dinosaur made of butter. 
<laughs> Man, I kind of want that as an NFT now. That's all. That's the 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 our combined NFT. Atari, that's ours. Stay away from it. Yeah, I will. I will fight you. I will get all, all jacked up on cocaine laced butter, <laughs> and I will fist fight you. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Well, we've come full circle now, so we're back to our cocaine-laced butter, uh, a.k.a. the uh, Butter Boy en- Energy. And, uh, yeah, we uh, we had a fun time with you today. Hopefully you will join us again next week. Until then, remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game on. Game